What an exciting uh, series we have been in here at the end of uh, the Lord's uh, amazing sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. As uh, we've studied it across the past nine months, we've been uh, seeing different aspects of Jesus's heart. Uh, certainly, uh, he's taught all of these things, perhaps all at one time, but also taught uh, these things in different moments, in different places of his ministry. And uh, we've been in, in these weeks looking at five keys to kingdom come, seeing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So that's where we are. The five that we are looking at are uh, kingdom prayer and then kingdom focus is what we're looking at uh, on this weekend. Kingdom authenticity, kingdom surrender, and kingdom resilience. So we're doing a lot of kingdom uh, during these weeks, uh, during this month. But it's, it's really the big conclusion of what Jesus has been sharing from his heart and teaching. Last week, Jesus uh, gave to us the first key uh, to seeing his kingdom. And we, we've called it kingdom prayer. Jesus said, he said, ask, seek, and knock. But he said it in a specific way. He said, keep on asking. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Don't stop praying. Uh, and your heavenly father delights in giving you what you need. He delights in hearing your voice. He delights when you call out, when you cry out to him and he hears. And as we delight in him, uh, the desires of our heart align with him. So uh, on this part of the scripture, we're asking a little bit different related question. How do we find the right path of life? Because there's a lot of things to ask, a lot of ways to seek, and a lot of places to knock. Amen? There's a lot of, of directions that we could go. And so we're going to be talking about kingdom focus. And in just three verses, three short verses, Jesus gives us this amazing just crystal focus of how we are to be on the right path. So let's give all of our attention to the word of God. In fact, I think I'm going to ask you to stand because this is so, it's just such a short little passage, these three verses. And let's just tune in and let him tune into us so we hear what he's saying. So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all of your word. Thank you for this moment when you sat down on a hill and opened your mouth to speak the deepest truths of your heart. God, show us the things that you want to do to change. The surgery that you want to do in us. That we might follow after you. That we might find ourselves on the path that leads to life. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I just have to make a statement as we get started here, and that is that I love MLB. Now, when I said that, you might have thought I was talking about Major League Baseball, 
And I could have been, but you can see by the sign there that I'm talking about this place called Melbourne Orlando International Airport. That's the current new name, as many of you know, if you've lived here very long. Um, And I could just tell you, if I could, I would always fly out of MLB. There's so many good things about it. It's the easiest most friendly place to fly. Now, there might be something that would compete, but I don't know where it would be. It's an amazing airport. I think the people are friendly. Listen, even the TSA is friendly. Seriously, I have gone in there and they say, hi, good morning. And and I say, well, now what do I need here? And they help me sort through my papers and stuff like that. And I've even had TSA, uh, they said, well, let me hold your coffee for you while you're emptying your pockets and taking off your belt and taking off your shoes. I don't, try that in Orlando. No, 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 you'll probably be arrested. (laughs) Here, could you hold my, (laughs) no, no, no. I also love it because there are only six gates. It makes things really, really simple. Now, I don't know, some of you remember back to the time when you could meet people at the gate. Do you remember that way back when? And I remember I had someone coming to pick me up at the airport and they asked, well, now, which gate will you be at? And I just (laughs) laughed. (laughs) I said, it'll be the one that has an airplane at it. (laughs) Seriously. Now, we've grown a little bit since then. But, you know, that's the way that you could know. Pretty easy. And now we even have this amazing thing. We've got a Dunkin' Donuts at MLB. Seriously good thing. Now, there's no Starbucks at MLB, but who needs a five bucks <laughs> or a six bucks <laughs> when, when you can uh, get Duncan, right? Amen. I mean, that's just seriously good stuff. The grand, the grand opening of Duncan was a big deal at MLB. It was a big announcing uh, because it, it actually changed the, the, uh, the economy of the airport. They have been losing money, losing money. Now they make money on concessions. <laughs> And I have to say, I feel at least partly responsible for that. Um, And it's a known fact that food that you eat at the gate has no calories, right? Yeah. Anything that they don't see. So MLB, here's the good things. Uh, Easy parking, easy entry, easy gates, uh, easy TSA. And Duncan, how could you go wrong? It's an easy airport, and I like that. So I always check to see. I just, you know, most of the time I already know. But I check to see if I might possibly fly out of MLB. Most times not. You know, I'm going to end up going out of Orlando. Uh, but it makes a point. If, if you can't get where you're going from that place, it doesn't matter how easy it is, does it? And that's what Jesus was talking about. It's a big truth. Uh, Jesus, as he's concluding the Sermon on the Mount, he basically says, be careful about easy. Be careful about it. Because easy can be deceptive. Amen? You're really quiet right now. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Easy can get us on the wrong road. And easy can get us out of focus and off focus. So we want to be careful about easy, and that's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus starts this section, you know, this closing part here, uh, talking about choices. And he's going to actually talk about a number of choices for the rest of the sermon. He's going to talk about two ways. We're going to talk about that uh, uh, on this weekend. He's going to talk about two trees. He's going to talk about two claims and two builders, and he's going to 
say it's really important what you choose and, and which way you listen and the way that you proclaim your faith and the way that you build your life. So Jesus started with something that seems easy. We've heard about it a lot, but it can be rather difficult. And it's a choice we call golden rule. We've heard of this. Verse 12 says, Whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It's said to be the most universal ethical norm on the planet. It's not just Jesus, and it's not just uh, our Bible, but every major religion has some form of this idea. Uh, Going back all the way to Confucius and probably before that. Treat others the way that you would want to be treated. And Jesus says this summarizes the law and the prophets, that big old part of our scripture, the 613 commands and rules, all of it summed up. Just treat others the way that you would want to be treated. But Jesus gives it a little bit of a different spin here. Uh, Before Jesus, it had always been stated in the negative format. Don't do anything to others that you do not or would not want them to do to you. And actually, this was the teaching of the rabbi uh, that we've talked about, Rabbi Hillel, one of the two super famous rabbis. Uh, during uh, the early part of the first century, during the time that Jesus was growing up, during the time that Jesus was hearing from different rabbis. Rabbi Hillel was one of the most famous teachers of the day, and in about 20 AD, he was challenged by a Gentile. Uh, I'm glad he was talking to Gentiles, but he was challenged by a Gentile to summarize the law in the time it took the Gentile to stand on one leg. All right, you summarize the law, and I'm going to stand here as long as I can on one leg, and I'll bet you can't do it in the time that I can stand on one leg. And here's how Hillel responded. He replied, he said, What is hateful to you, do not do to anyone else. Yeah. What is hateful to you, do not do to anyone else. That is the whole law. And the rest is commentary. Go and learn it. Go learn that. But it was a negative form of the rule. And everyone before the guy we're talking about tonight, it was a negative form of the rule. If I was to summarize the Hillel rule, golden rule, but Hillel rule, if you don't like being robbed, don't rob other people. If you don't like being cursed, don't curse other people. If you don't enjoy being hated, don't hate other people. If you, if you don't care to be clubbed over the head, don't club others over the head. I mean, we would say that's pretty easy. I can follow that. Yeah. And actually, it is an easier way to go because in a way you can back up and just say, well, I'm just going to do nothing and I'll be all right. I'm not going to hurt anybody. Uh, if, I, if I just don't do anything, I won't risk But Jesus does this amazing kingdom thing. He rephrases this teaching that was known in the area, uh, was known in Judaism, in a positive way. And that's really what makes it golden. Whatever you would like others to do to you, do also for them. If you like to receive things, then give to others. 
Now, he's not talking about giving so you will receive, but he's saying, think about the other person. Think about how they feel. Think about what you would like and then direct that toward the people that are around you. If you like being appreciated, appreciate other people. If you like being treated with courtesy, be courteous to other people. You can go on and on, make a big list. It's not just, I don't want to be clubbed over the head. So Jesus introduced a fundamental change of focus. And it's a change from self to God to others. And we get it in another part of the scripture in Matthew 22. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest command? What is, the, what is the greatest of all these 613 commands? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. I love the way that Pastor Ann teaches us with uh, the, the youth and the students. She, it's like this. Some of you know it. It's like this and this. It's our, it's our vertical. See, some of you are doing it already. And our horizontal. We worship God. Love the Lord your God. Yeah, don't whack the person next to you. You have to be careful about that in youth group, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And this sums up all of what we are to be, and it's kingdom. It's a positive, it's a movement out. And this is a kingdom norm. And it's easy either to do nothing or to avoid the negatives. Just don't do it. If <laughs> We can make a whole campaign on it. But actually, that smacks of law. This is, this is, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Don't do this, don't do that. And, and the Pharisees, they were all into that. I'm going to tell you what not to do. I've got a bunch of rules. Don't do this, don't do that. And Jesus doesn't give us that option. A kingdom posture is out. A kingdom posture listens to the needs of those around you. A kingdom posture hears those and says, I want to treat them the way that I would be treated in a positive sort of way. And so seeing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven starts with doing the kingdom. And that's what we don't want to miss. And it's more than just refraining from evil. It's, it's, it's about doing the way and the work of God. Engaging. And so it's about these Bibles that we have up here that we're handing out. It's about understanding what it is that God wants us to do, how He wants us to live, and engaging the world around us in that way. And we suddenly realize that there are not just sins of commission, things we do that are wrong, but also sins of omission, the things we failed to do, the times that we did not feed the hungry, the times that we did not clothe the naked. Jesus talks about it a lot in Matthew 25. I was hungry and you didn't give me anything to eat. When was that? Whenever you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. And so he calls us to look out in that way. And the truth is that we all make a decision that starts with a gate. And that's where he moves. So I looked at this and I thought, many would say these don't go together. Oh, they absolutely go together. I don't think there are mistakes in our Bible. But we all make a decision that starts with a gate. 
and that decision leads to a road, and that road moves with a crowd, and it arrives at a destination. Why don't we say that out loud together? It's, I wrote it, so I think it's pretty cool, all right? So let's say it together. We all make a decision that starts with a gate, leads to a road, moves with a crowd, and arrives at a destination. And what is it going to be? You see, the world teaches us that uh, decisions, that's just up to you. You can go any way you want. There are many ways, many paths. You'll get to God somehow. Just keep wandering around. And that's not what Jesus taught. That is not what Jesus taught. Jesus teaches that there are two gates, two roads, two crowds, and two destinations. And so we need to know and we need to, we need to choose well, don't we? So he goes on, and in just these couple of verses, it's so rich. He says there is a narrow gate and a wide gate. And they lead to different places. They lead to either a hard way or an easy way. A small crowd or a large crowd. A destiny of life or a destiny of destruction. This is what Jesus says in these couple of verses. And he calls us to enter by the narrow gate. Uh, the, the word in Greek is, means a, a wing, a folding entrance, a gate, like we might envision it. And, and narrow really means a set or a pointed gate. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not very wide, but it's one gate that is set, that stands, that abides, is appointed. And there's one gate that enters the way of the kingdom, and there's one gate that opens the way to heaven. And we don't want to miss it. And I'm going to tell you the gate. Jesus is the gate. Well, Pastor Jeff, that seems like, well, maybe that's your religion or that seems kind of narrow-minded. Jesus said it. Jesus said it in John 10, verse 9. He said, I am the gate. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I don't know any other way. He will come in and go out and find pasture. That means we'll be nurtured and we'll be cared for. How many of you want to be nurtured and cared for? Yeah. He says it in a little different way in, in John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that's the narrowness. And, and that's, that's not a negotiable. It's not something we can change. We can't widen that you know, with a hatchet or something like that. Jesus is the gate. And the Jesus gate is narrow, but listen, it's also easy. The Jesus gate is easy. L listen to another part of Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 11. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That should give us great comfort. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The gate is actually an easy gate. It's narrow. There's not an, another door. There's not door number two and door number three. It's Jesus. But because of his grace, it's not hard. You, you can't actually earn your way or deserve it. 
It's easy to come to Jesus if we surrender our pride and receive his grace. The kingdom way, now once you've gone through, is actually the hard way. And Jesus said that. A lot of times we get that all mixed up. And we think, well, now I, since I, I know Jesus and I receive Jesus by grace, it ought to all be easy. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. It's difficult. Matthew chapter 10, he, Jesus said, anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So it's a hard path. The path of discipleship is difficult, and we should not teach anything different. But his grace is sufficient on that hard path. You know, I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, it's like there's a lot of burrs and briars on the edges that will snag you. But listen to what he says uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul says, But he said to me, Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that, power, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We have everything that we need to make it down this difficult road. It's easy to begin, it's difficult on the way, but his grace is sufficient. The narrow gate opens on the road that leads to life. And that's the thing that we do not want to miss. And he says there are only a few on this road. It's not going to be a real crowded road, the road that leads to life. We, we would love to have as many as possible. We call out with the gospel, try, trying to gather as many as we can to hear the gospel. And yet, those who are, will be on this road are, are few. Kingdom focus, then, is how we stay on the road. And that's what we're talking about here. It's interesting that there's a, a related word here, and it's the word thalipsis. And it means persecution or tribulation. It's going to be difficult. And tribulation, I don't know if you remember this when we studied uh, Revelation. It means ever more narrow and like a squeezing together. It's that, it's that cave that gets more and more narrow. It will, it's going to get more and more narrow as we go along. The other entry is a wide gate. It's just it's wide open. It feels like, oh, this is great. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. It's the easy gate. There's no surrender. You don't have to surrender anything. You don't have to give up anything. You, you don't need to repent of anything. You, you just carry your pride along with you. Now, I'm going to do it my way. And I'll be just fine because somebody told me I could. And there are many on that road. Boy, just we look around and we can see that there are many on this road. And you can just travel along with the crowd. And, and, and if you were on that road, you might think, well, there's so many here. It can't be all that bad. It must be okay. And that's not what Jesus says. This easy way leads to destruction. And that's what we don't want to miss. The gate, the gate is more inviting, very, very inviting. But there's no sacrifice. And we do not look to the, the needs of others. 
Uh, we do not surrender to God on that road. We hang on to our pride, and it's all about us. Very, very inviting. And it's not the road you want to be on. Suppose that you walked into the uh, airport at MLB, and you saw me sitting there. And you said, Pastor Chad, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to Israel. (laughs) Really? (laughs) When's your flight, Pastor Jeff? Well, there are no flights to Israel from here. (laughs) At least not today, at least not now. Well, Pastor Jeff, why are you sitting here then? Well, I like it. It's easy. And there's Dunkin' Donuts. And you see how we can get caught in that, in the easy place. And I hope that you would say, Pastor Jeff, how long are you going to sit there just because it's easy? It's a really good question. Please ask me. Should should you find me there? I mean, the parking and the gate and the entry and the path may be easy, but here's here's the truth of this. If it doesn't go where you're going, then you're in the wrong place. If it doesn't go where you are going, you're on the wrong path. If it doesn't go where you want to go, life, then you entered through the wrong gate. And how do you change that? It's called repentance. You turn around and you go the other way. So be careful about easy. Be careful. I wrote a prayer that I want, um, I want us to say together. Um, I just invite you, it's, um, it's a prayer that I wrote, but I think it expresses the heart of this, and I invite you uh, to share with me in this as, as a part of our worship and our preparation, really, for the Lord's Supper. Uh, go ahead and put that up. Will you join me? Lord Jesus, I choose you. I choose the narrow gate. By your grace, guide me into the kingdom of path. By your grace, keep me on the way that leads to life. Keep me focused on loving you and loving those around me. Help me to do to others the loving acts that I would like others to do to me. Show me how to share this way with others so that they might know the life that is in you. Help me see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I thank you for this focus moment that you give us. So many voices out there, so many directions, so many things that pull on us. And God, uh, we need to be focused and we realize that from your word, from your words, put us on the right path and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we want to receive the Lord's Supper, and um, if you don't have uh, one of the little packs, um, if you would raise your hand, someone will bring that to you. Does everybody have one of the little communion kits? We want to be sure. Over here, we have two that don't have it. We'll just wait for a moment.
the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body given for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing way that you've given us to connect. We thank you for this uh, amazing remembrance that calls us into connection with you and that you make yourself known to us in the breaking of bread and in the sharing of the cup. We rejoice in the body of Christ and we thank you for all that you did for us upon the cross. Thank you, Jesus. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen.